Good morning, church. Merry Christmas. I'm so excited to share a word with you today. I hope you all had a wonderful Friday, a wonderful Christmas with family and friends, hopefully a lot of food. I'm excited to share with you part one of our new series over January called, um, the series was called Promises. And if you're taking notes today, the message um, that I, the title of my message today is called Prolonged Promises. So prolonged promises if you're taking notes, but just before we get started, I'm going to pray. Dear God, I thank you so much that we can come here today and celebrate you over this December season, your birthday season. God, I pray that you would speak to us today. Lord, I pray that you would inspire us, help us see how you are moving um, and active in our lives and how um, all that you have for us in 2021. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, one day an elephant and a dog walk into a vet. Now, I know this sounds like the start of a really bad dad joke, but I promise it's not. An elephant and a dog walk into a vet. They're given the same news. They're pregnant. How exciting. They're expecting babies. From that point, they have a dream in their heart and a promise of something to come. They have a promise of something to come in their dreams of all that their life may be with their babies. Three months later, the dog gives birth to its first litter. Six puppies. Six puppies for the first litter and the elephant, she doesn't even see any changes in her body yet. Six months later, the dog has another six puppies, another litter. So 12 puppies in total. The elephant starts to feel like maybe something is wrong with her. Maybe she's not doing it right. Her promise is taking so long to come. 18 months later, the dog asks the elephant, I've just had another litter. That's 18 puppies in total. You haven't had your baby yet. Are you sure you're pregnant? And it's true, the elephant at this point, she has been waiting so long for her baby, waiting so long for her promise. But it still hasn't come yet. But after two years, two years, the elephant has her baby and wow, was it worth the wait. What the mama elephant was carrying was mighty and great. And when her baby hit the ground, the earth shook and it felt it. And when her baby walks across the street, people look in admiration at her baby. I wonder if you have ever found yourself in a similar situation to this elephant. That you feel like your promise is on a train to almost everyone in the neighbourhood besides yourself that you see other people achieving or receiving the dreams that you have been waiting for and praying for, and you've become disappointed. You've become discouraged as you see others achieve or receive the dreams that you held dear. Now, we all know that the day we plant the seed is not the day that we see the fruit, right? But what happens when we've been watering the seed for so long, giving it nutrients, and it still hasn't come yet? We can start to question, do we still have hope for this? Is it still worth going on? But today I want to explore this idea of the incubation time of a promise. 
the waiting time of a promise, the time between when uh, the dream or the promise is installed in your heart and then when you see it with your physical eyes. It's like the time between when you, you're training and you've graduated, but then you eventually get that dream job and that promotion that you've been waiting for. The time between you put that first bit of money into the bank account and then you eventually get to buy that dream home you've been dreaming about. That time between when you get that first doctor's report and then you're healthy and peaceful in your mind again. It's about the waiting time, the incubation time of a promise. You know, in Galatians 6, 9, it says, if we do not grow tired or we don't grow weary in doing good, that in due time we will receive a harvest if we do not give up. And I believe that God has not, and he will not forget about you. He designed you and created you in your mummy's tummy with all your different quirks and talents. In fact, I believe that he installed those dreams and promises in your heart. He is faithful, and he is kind to complete what he started in your heart. So the waiting time, the promise, the waiting There's a story in in the Bible today I want to explore, and it's about a man called Jairus. Now, Jairus, his daughter, is terribly sick. In fact, she's on her deathbed. She's only 12 years old. And his, his dream or his promise is that Jesus would heal her. But he, the time between him asking Jesus to heal his daughter and the time that he actually sees it, there's a lot of interruptions. There's a lot of disappointments. So in Luke 8, it says, Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, which is kind of like a church leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. It was kind of like a mosh pit. And a woman was there who had, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Have you ever felt that you have been praying for something and dreaming for something for so long, and then some people seem to get it immediately? The thing that you've been waiting for, the thing that you've been praying for, I want to remind you today that my journey is different to yours. Our journeys are different. Jairus saw this lady healed immediately from one touch from God. He did not know that she had been struggling with this for 12 years. My journey is different to yours who is different to the person beside you. Remember, our journeys are different. But Jairus was in a hurry. right? He's like, come on, Jesus. We've got somewhere to be. I need you to pull through. It's not like we're in traffic, like my daughter is dying, I need you to come through. He was getting impatient, fair enough. I'm not sure if you know someone like this who seems to hold up your plans all the time. Like today you're thinking, (laughs) you're thinking, I really need to um, have those Christmas leftovers for lunch and I'm looking forward to it, but the person beside me keeps talking to me and why are people at Elam so friendly? And then I get out the door and then there's another friendly car park person that's like, I just want to get my lunch. Or maybe on Friday, Christmas Day, you needed to go to Christmas lunch and everyone knew the time that they were supposed to get in the car 
And then one minute before everyone gets into the car, the, there's that one person in your family, I'm sure you've got one of them, who is like, oh, my outfit's wrong, I haven't brushed my teeth, I haven't done my socks, and then everyone is waiting for them in the car. Does anyone know someone like that? I am that person in my family. <laughs> and that was exactly what happened on Friday. Jairus was waiting and he was becoming impatient. And Jesus being Jesus, he was talking to everyone. He was high-fiving the children. He was helping the poor, praying for people. And Jairus is like, come on. And while he was waiting, he saw the miracle in someone else that he had been waiting for himself. I'm not sure if you've ever felt like that. In verse 45, the story continues, and it says, Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding around you. He's like, there's a lot of people here, like heaps of people have touched you, Jesus. He said, no, someone touched me. I know because power has left me. And I imagine Jairus is like, what? Power has left you? I needed that power, Jesus. I needed that power for my daughter. I want to remind you today, there is enough for you. Let me tell you today, Jesus' power is unlimited. The power that He spends on you does not take away from the power that He spends on me. The power that He spends on you does not take away from the power that He spends on your neighbour. His power is unlimited. His power installed those dreams and promises in your heart. And he will be faithful to complete them. If an earthly father loves his kids and gives, him, gives them gifts, how much more so does our heavenly father want to pour out our gifts, or his gifts upon us? The second thing I want to remind you of today is that you can find faith in community. You can find faith in community. So can I get two more people to help me uh, do this illustration. I want to bring a little, a different perspective on this story between Jairus and the lady with the issue of blood. So these are jumper cables. Uh, not that I've ever used them in my life, but I've always had like helpful car guys around, so I've never needed to know, use them. But I know like the basics of how they work. There's like the negative and then the positive, and you get the dead battery, put the positive and negative, and bing, the car goes boom, and uh, bada bing, bada boom, both powers, are, both batteries are powered up and ready to go. Uh, this is Quinton, by the way, and this is my mum, Denise. So let's imagine that Quentin is Jairus. He is waiting for his daughter to be healed. He hasn't seen the miracle yet. He is in a negative. And over here, let's imagine that this is the woman with the issue of blood. She has been struggling with this issue for 12 years. She is tired. The Bible says that she had that no one could heal her, implying that she had tried a lot of things. No one could heal her. She was in a negative. See, what can happen sometimes when we are waiting for our promise, we're discouraged and disappointed. We can get, find ourselves in friendships and relationships that bond over mutual negativity. Mutual negativity. And these, 
these conversations, these relationships, they don't have any life in them. They become a whole of comparison and envy and gossip. And here's a sure sign that you, um, that you may see a relationship of mutual negativity is you find it impossible to celebrate other people's wins. You, when, the, when they have success, you think, oh, they're too young, they didn't do it right, they don't deserve it. A relationship of mutual negativity is a whole of comparison. But what if Jairus, he had just seen this miracle of a woman who was healed instantly by one touch from God. What if he didn't see it as an interruption to his miracle, but instead used it as a spark to fuel his faith? What if he said, I, this lady is not my competition. She is not an interruption. But if Jesus did it for her, now I know he can do it for me. That leads us to have a positive in a relationship. You know, we can find faith in community. Let's not be in, in competition or envy, but let's share our story in order to encourage one another. You know, you may have had challenges in your marriage that you overcome. Let that spark the faith in people you know who are struggling currently. Maybe you have been healed. You say, if God did it for me, I know he can do it for you. We can find faith in community. If Jairus chose not to see this lady as a threat, but flipped the script, it would spark his faith for the healing of his daughter. Let's make a choice today to, to get around people who are where we want to be. Find a small group with other parents. Find small groups with other business people, other immigrant families, other people going through similar challenges to you or who have overcome. And let's spark each other's faith. While you're waiting for your promise, you need to link arms with those who have already received it. And if you can't find anyone around to spark your faith, maybe you're just in a community where you feel like it is all mutual negative, mutual negative relationships, then you can start reading. Because this Bible this Word of God is filled with testimonies of people who have received their promise. The Bible doesn't dull down the struggles that people had. Everyone had a journey. Everyone had different journeys. But this Bible has power of people's testimonies that you can read that will spark your faith. You can find faith in community. And you can, if you cannot find anyone else, you can start reading the Word of God. And lastly, I want to encourage you today to share your story. To share your story. In verse 49, it says, While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe. And she will, she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, James and John and the child's father and mother. Interesting how he says that everyone else was wailing and mourning. He chose people to go in the room with him who had faith, 
who would spark their faith. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned to her at once. She stood up and Jesus told them to get her something to eat. As a church, can we be a people when they have been delivered their worst news, that we stand up and we share our story and spark their faith? When Jairus heard, your daughter is dead, stop trying. Jesus said, do not be afraid, for I have done it once and I will do it again. Boom, there was a spark of faith. For those who have had challenges in your marriage, share your story, how you overcome that and how God worked through you. For those who have been sick and healed, share your story. For those who have had struggled with infertility and now have a family, share your story. I want to challenge you this week to share your story, not out of a place of pride or look what I did and how well I've worked for this, but how about end with this sentence? And if God did it for me, he can do it for you. If God did it for me, he can do it for you. And now as we close and the band comes up, I'd like to take a practical step to spark each other's faith. You know, there's people in here who have received their promise, who have received their dream. And to you, we say, and to God, we say, thank you so much, God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you chose us and that you have a promise that you have fulfilled in our hearts. But then there are people here today who are still waiting. You have a dream or a promise in your heart and it feels like it's been a long time. You've gone through that stage like the elephant of being disappointed, being discouraged. Like Jairus, you feel like there's been many interruptions on your journey. We as a community want to spark your faith again today. So if you are still waiting for your promise, while every head is bowed and eyes are closed, if you are still waiting for your promise, would you be so bold to raise your hand? And we would love to pray for you and spark your faith as a community on the count of three. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for all you have done, for, the, for that you are faithful and you have placed dreams and promises into our heart. But for those who have raised their hands today, Lord, we pray that you would do it again. God, you have healed people before, would you do it again? You have restored marriages before, would you do it again? You have brought peace to mind minds before. You have built homes for people before. God, would you do it again? As we come together as a community of faith, we're not divided or in competition, but together as your children, God, would you spark our faith again for 2021? Would you cause uh, relationships of faith to form? God, would you give us confidence and boldness to share our story, but then ask for prayer when we need it? Thank you, Lord in advance for all the testimonies that you will bring in 2021. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Come on.